Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Hey everyone, welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast, part of the Fantrax family. My name is Mung, and of course you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Hey, addicts, it's Los at FFA underscore Los, L-O-S. Almost done with week seven, heading into week eight. About, uh, well, not quite uh, not quite half, but a little over a third of the way through the season. It's moving fast. It's moving, moving furious, just as always. Hopefully your teams are doing well. How are you doing, Mom? Yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're right in the thick of the season. It's It was, of course, by cop, by, ugh, I can't even talk. What is it, by copalypse? I can't say by apocalypse. Thank you. Um, all of my teams uh, or all the teams in one of my leagues, I should say, are either three and four or four and three after this week. So this is really, uh, you know, teams are being forged in the fire of these bye weeks right now. And it's yeah. it's pretty crazy if you can scratch through with some performances from unsexy names like what Dante Pettis and Brandon Bolden, then that might be enough to put you into a playoff spot, you know, a few weeks down the line here. Absolutely. At this point, every single week does count. You know, it's not the end of the world if you lose, but it certainly helps if you win. That should go without saying. But, you know, hopefully you scratch a few enough of those uh, those those uh, little known bi week players, fill-ins to make your team thrive from week to week. Right. And, you know, you and Super Producer Dan are locked into uh, Mortal Kombat tonight as we speak, uh, facing sure off in our league together. Uh, Dan currently down about by about 22, 23 points with DK Metcalf and Jameis Winston going. So we we will see uh, how that goes. It's not going well for me so far. Metcalf already has that deep bomb touchdown. So hopefully he doesn't have much more in the tank and they just sort of grind this out for the next 45 minutes. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll come down to the wire for certain, and we'll know probably after we're finished recording the podcast. But we'll check back in at the end of the show here. Uh, before we get to the week eight game previews, let's talk about Thrive Fantasy. Thrive offers DFS style contests on player props. It's super easy. You pick ten out of twenty player props for the week, with each one getting assigned a fantasy point value for the over or under based on how likely the outcome is. The more you get right, the bigger the payout. Thrive Fantasy has over $100,000 in weekly prizes, including their Sunday contest where first place wins $20,000. Sign up now with our promo code FFA and you'll receive an instant 100% deposit match of up to $100 for your first deposit, minimum $10 deposit. Check it out today on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, or you can play at thrivefantasy.com. That's T-H-R-I-V-E fantasy.com all right without further ado i guess let's uh, jump into the week eight game previews so only two weeks on a two games on a teams on a bye this week not really certain why they would do so many when this week they have so few but i don't know i, I don't understand the scheduling how that all works out regardless thursday night we get two teams that are doing pretty well for themselves green bay at arizona plenty of upside here for the packers versus arizona but where do you turn with Adams likely out on the COVID list right now? He has a shot to come back, I think, but um, right now it's not looking likely. Uh, call me nuts, but I think this should be a Robert Tunyon week for you at tight end. Uh, I don't love it, but as you know, I don't love the other uh, peripheral pieces on this offense. 
Right, and certainly I think Tunyon has more upside than in normal weeks. Uh, we did see early in the 2020 season that Tunyon had a couple big, big games when Adams was out. But I do think that it's still going to be split up between Lazard and Cobb and Valdez Scantling. And, and these guys, none of them are going to be trustworthy, although all of them I do think will have high upside in what should be a fairly high-scoring game. Certainly Green Bay's secondary is still... Uh, dealing with a lot of injuries their front seven has been getting it done but uh, it's they would be hard pressed to stop this red hot cardinals offense i think certainly would be um on the arizona side of the football the offense is obviously great uh, not a ton to add or change murray hopkins and Ertz are starts for you now Ertz is back in that conversation and then uh, green green kirk edmonds and connor are, are all very strong considerations in my book yeah, it's, uh, I mean, honestly, we, we've kind of covered this in the past weeks, but it's going to be A.J. Green and Christian Kirk and Rondale Moore, and none of them have safe floors. All of them have high ceilings. This week, I do still prefer Kirk, but uh, again, I, I do think that this Cardinals offense is going to do fairly well here on Thursday night, uh, especially when the Packers' defensive coordinator is also on the COVID list, um, potentially have it spread to some defensive players. So we really don't know right now, but as of uh, you know Monday night, uh, we still have a couple days to go. It, it seems pretty clear to me that Arizona at home should take this game. Yeah, I, I, I think that Arizona will take this one. Um, big loss with Devontae Adams. Obviously, uh, they'll fill the pieces together. Might, may, actually, might see enough, a uh, little bit more of A.J. Dillon, but not enough that I think it's going to make the difference. Give me the Cardinals. Sunday, noon, Central, 1 p.m. Eastern game slate. Carolina at Atlanta. Sam Darnold has been dreadful the past few weeks, but thankfully, he hyper-targets D.J. Moore, regardless of this. Uh, Moore and Hubbard are solid plays. Nothing else for me this week on this team. Yeah, it's, uh, man, it's really rough. Robbie Anderson's seen just a ton of targets, especially with Terrace Marshall Jr. out this past week with a concussion, but he's turned that into absolutely nothing fantasy-wise. Um, and who knows? It, it sounds like Darnold will be the starter, but they benched him midway through that loss to the Giants. So this is a team in disarray right now, and I think you're right. It's really just Moore and Hubbard. I think it's worth asking the question, of course, very hypothetical. Does Deshaun Watson elevate both DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson? Yeah, hundred percent. But I, I, I just don't know that that trade's happening. We've heard a lot of rumors, but you know, even if that trade were to occur, there's a chance that Watson would not be able to immediately play. So I would not go out necessarily and buy Moore or Anderson based on those rumors. Totally agree. All right. As for Atlanta, uh, Mike Davis is a full-on afterthought as Patterson has taken over the backfield completely. He's a weekly starter. Pitts and Ridley are racking up the targets, and this team is pretty well set with that. Uh, Gage had a few more targets this week, but not chasing that. So it's just uh, just those top three guys. No, and, and Carolina's secondary is much tougher than Miami's is going to be, so I agree that I would not necessarily trust Gage this week um, as for the running back situation I saw an interesting question today on Twitter I'd be curious to hear your thoughts uh, someone traded Cordero Patterson for Javante Williams straight up who would you rather have rest of season right now no it's Patterson I, I don't see Melvin Gordon going away that's uh that's getting a little ahead of yourself now we're talking all things not a dynasty league no keeper you're just talking redraft only yep just for the rest of this year no Patterson yeah I agree he's a what borderline top 20 running back if not higher yep absolutely 
Yeah. All right, I will uh, take Atlanta here. Carolina has not been looking good, though Atlanta is not good. Um, this is probably the toughest call of this. Uh, there's a few tough calls this week, um, but this is one of them certainly because anything could swing either way. Uh, but give me Atlanta. Yeah, and just to update listeners, uh, currently you're one game up on me. Um, had a yes. couple of rough calls last week, although I did get the Titans call right. You did, um, and yep, yeah, yeah, I just didn't have the guts for it. I should have. I <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think you're right here. The, the Panthers are just in disarray right now. The quarterback situation's unsettled. Darnold's in a slump. Um, it, it's still close enough, but uh, I'm going to lean the home team, especially with the Falcons, uh, kind of on the up and up coming out of the bye. So give me Atlanta as well. Speaking of the Titans, the next game is Titans at at, uh, at Indianapolis. Uh, Derrick Henry's a no-brainer. A.J. Brown is back. Addicts, listen, you're welcome. When we uh, when we declared his early demise for this the start of the season two weeks ago, we knew what we were doing. We believed in AJ Brown, and we just had to unlock him. Sometimes you just have to whisper things into the wilderness. You just have to put them out there for people to hear them that you don't believe in AJ Brown. That's all he needed. He's back. Don't bench him. You're welcome. Yeah, you're pretty much starting everybody on the Titans, right? Julio, you know, with the hamstring is hard to trust, but he's at least in wide receiver three territory, if not better. Um, the Colts secondary is still just riddled with injuries. So, yeah, I, I think this is a good bounce back game for Tannehill as well, although he had a, a pretty nice game against Kansas City uh, the other day. I still don't understand what happened to KC there, but we'll talk about them later. Uh, for Indianapolis, Jonathan Taylor's playing well, should score this week. Hines could have flex value this week against the Titans. And Pittman is uh, is very much in play in the past game, especially if Hilton's out. His day could have been even bigger this past week, if not for some of those pass interference penalties. Yeah, it's Taylor, it's Pittman, um, and maybe Hilton if he's back as a flex option too. But uh Wentz, we'll talk about as a streaming option as well, but overall, yeah. I like Tennessee here. Yeah, I'm going to take Tennessee here, and I think they are. Uh, I think they're the dog. The dogs early, but I, I expect that to switch. I mean, you, you can't beat Kansas City and like that, and then uh, be the underdog in Indianapolis. Miami at Buffalo uh, with with Brown hurt, Malcolm Brown hurt. This does help Miles Gaskin if you need him. Though Selvin Ahmed does take his share of touches. Uh, I'd play Gaskin here in a game where he should have at least four catches. Uh, Gasicki and Waddle are good starts too from a volume perspective. Um, Buffalo's defense is very tough, but Miami's going to have to keep throwing the football to stay in this one. Yeah, going back real quick, uh, Tennessee is actually favored by one point on the road. Just stuff. Oh, okay, that must have switched. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I think this makes Gaskin a much safer RB3 play. Um, as you said, uh, Ahmed, I, I do think that the Dolphins are going to trail in this game. Maybe not quite the blowout that we saw in, uh, I think, week two or three, um, but I expect Buffalo to be up uh, pretty handily in the second half. So I do think that if you're desperate, Ahmed has some upside as an RB4 in full PPR formats. All right. And for Buffalo, uh, yeah, start them all. They had a week to prep. Uh, Allen, Diggs, Sanders, Moss, very solid plays. I think Sanders and Beasley are both going to get a ton of uh, targets with uh, Knox injured until he comes back. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, my favorite guy to talk about, Cole Beasley, yet <laughs> Cole again Beasley. on the waiver wire section because Emmanuel Sanders is now rostered in a lot of leagues, but Beasley remains out there in a ton of leagues and I, I just don't particularly understand it as you said with knocks out i believe the early estimation was three weeks uh right. you know he should have a safer floor for the time being 
I'm going to take Buffalo. Should be no surprise here. Yes, especially at home, I'll take Buffalo. Right. Cincinnati at the New York Jets. Uh, plenty of potential here after we saw Cincinnati pile it on against the Ravens. Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon are studs, and Higgins is a solid wide receiver three with upside. Uh, C.J. Uzuma, uh, Uzoma is very hot and cold. I don't see the need to find him on the field this week with the Jets not having uh, any answer for the other playmakers, so I, I wouldn't go chasing that dragon. Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, I, I mean, the Bengals, question for you. Do you think they're for real? Ooh. So before we defined for real as could they win the Super Bowl, right? Well, I think, you know, legit playoff contenders. I ran a poll on Twitter earlier, and it was about 50-50 yeah. between uh, Cincinnati or Baltimore to win the AFC North. Yeah, I, th- I think they're contenders. Uh, they they should. I don't know how the numbers are going to shake down. You know, based on uh, based on the uh, you know the oh come on divisions and everything. But they're at worst a, they're they're at worst a, a wild card caliber team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, certainly, Jamar Chase isn't leaving your lineups uh, anytime soon. Um, <laughs> and then uh, speaking of CJ Uzoma, um, you know, I I would not expect obviously two touchdowns again. But uh, this is another good matchup against the Jets defense that's allowed three touchdowns to tight ends over their last two games. So if you're desperate, uh, he's in that tight end to consideration. All right. Um, and on the Jets side of things, Zach Wilson is down. Uh, Flacco has been traded at the team. We're going to have to see who starts. Uh, regardless, I'm not very optimistic here. Uh, Michael Carter's a flex play, possibly a wide receiver three with PPR upside. Corey Davis is a flex, but I, I don't know that the flex or tight end positions are very plausible with whoever's going to play quarterback. Um, Mike White did co- come in notably and throw a touchdown to the best player on the team, you know, Corey Davis. Uh, so maybe he's going to hyper target Corey Davis. It's just too early to say with any certainty or, or if he's even going to get the start. Yeah. Real quick. Um, before we move on to the jets, I wanted to say, I, I think if you're desperate to Samaje P Ryan's worth a look, um, he saw, a, he got, he saw quite a few looks late in that game against Baltimore when they were up multiple scores and he did punch in a touchdown. And I think that's in the realm of possibility yet again against the jets, which I'm assuming the Bengals are going to be up about 20 points uh, in the fourth quarter. <laughs> they um, certainly should be. Yeah, and on the Jets side, you know, I don't know if it's going to be Flacco, Mike White, whoever it is, but really, you know, none of these are safe options. Uh, It's really Carter and Davis that maybe you want to plug into the flex, depending on your other options. Right. I'm going to take Cincinnati here. Yeah, give me the four real Bengals. (laughs) All right, Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Pittsburgh had a week to prepare, and we pretty much know what to do with this offense. Johnson's a wide receiver, too, or better in PPR. Claypool's a flex play who should have five-plus targets at least, with some of them far downfield. And Najee is a locked-in play. Uh, Fryermuth is worth keeping an eye on, sort of depending on what you have at tight end going on. Yeah, and I I think he's worth uh, a pickup for upside um, because we do know that Ben's arm is uh, certainly not what it used to be. And uh, Fryermuth saw seven targets, caught all of them in the first game without Juju, and he could continue seeing five-plus targets a game, which is enough to scratch tight end one territory. Not bad at all. For Cleveland, they are banged up badly. Uh, We really need to just see who's ready at game time. None of the pass catchers are worthwhile in a Keenum-led offense, if that's what we're about to get. If Chubb is back, you're starting him, of course. And if not, Dearness Johnson will get plenty of work for you. Um, There is a thought, so with Hunt out, we did see, we we do see that they can split the workload here. So if, if, 
if you're hurting at running back, I don't think Dearness Johnson's a terrible play, even if Chubb's in this game. What do you think? Yeah, he's a must-add regardless um, for yeah. two reasons. One, you know, the early report is that Chubb did practice earlier today on Mondays, and he's expected to play. But as you said, I, I do think Johnson steps into that 1B role that Hunt occupied previously. Um, and then two, we saw that Christian McCaffrey was expected back a couple weeks ago and then suffered a setback, and that's still in the range yeah. of possibilities here sure. um, for Chubb. So either way, we're going to talk about Darius Johnson as a high-priority ad. Um, and then also, I, I do think that you know Odell Beckham playing through a shoulder injury, if you have to start one, it's actually Landry for me over Beckham this week. Yeah, yep, agreed. Okay, uh... I think this is. I, I think the injuries have caught up to them. Pittsburgh's going to take out Cleveland on the road here. Yeah, this is another tough one. You know, divisional yeah. matchup. Uh, it's not like Pittsburgh is uh, is uh, a, a true contender this year. I don't think either. Um, no. But as you said, with the injuries to Mayfield, who may or may not play, uh, with Chubb possibly back, but possibly not a hundred percent, I am going to lean the Steelers here. The Rams at the Texans. Matt Stafford really took the Lions to task, and we should see much of the same this week. Stafford, Henderson, and Cup are locks. Woods is a very strong play, and Tyler Higby has some upside here. Yeah, uh, I don't know that there's a whole lot else to say. Uh, what, what are we doing with Robert Woods, I guess, is the, the other thing, right? I'm I'm fine with him right now. Uh, the past couple weeks, he's been he's been doing quite well. Uh, we did see Van Jefferson get a get a number of targets this past week, but you know, of course, they're going to try and throw downfield. He's that kind of guy. But uh, I I think Robert Woods has found his spot back in this offense. It's not the one A and one B like it was before, but um, but but it's going to be good enough. Yeah, I mean, you can't sell him because nobody wants him right now, right? <laughs> or else, or at least they're not paying a decent value. Uh, I really think, you know, it's the Cooper Cup show. And then Robert Woods and Van Jefferson are almost like the 2A and 2B. Uh, I think in deeper leagues, Van Jefferson should be added. We talked about him a couple weeks ago. He's going to be boom or bust. But so far, uh, Robert Woods has been as well. So, you know, something to keep in mind there. Certainly. As for Houston, um, he, they're going to have better and worse weeks, but uh, Cooks remains the only real play. It's very tough knowing that Jalen Ramsey's probably going to lock him down. Uh, my gut's telling me to stay off of him as the only play on this team. Yeah, uh, you know, Ramsey really hasn't shadowed much at all this year, but uh, for a team like the Texans, I, I do think that is a potential outcome here with, you know, they really just have nobody else, right? So if you shut down right. Cooks, that kind of, stops the offense uh, dead in its tracks here so yeah i i think cooks is a buy rest of season because sure. their schedule does open up a little bit because after this week uh, they get miami who's hurting uh in the secondary then a bye week to recover tennessee we'll see if their new and improved defense is quite that good and then the jets so i think better days are coming for brandon cooks especially uh, with the possibility that Terod taylor's coming back um maybe he I don't think he's that good, but I think maybe he makes the offense a little bit more functional, or at least for Cooks. Maybe, maybe. Um, I'm going to take the Rams here. Yeah, I think this is one of the locks of the weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, two teams I don't really wasn't excited to talk about today, Philadelphia and Detroit. 
with Miles Sanders after now, Kenny Gainwell becomes a very interesting play, I guess. Uh, interesting in that I'm not totally sold. He becomes a workhorse. I expect Boston Scott to essentially have near 50% of the share, really. Uh, I don't love either, but of course I would play Gainwell first before seeing this game and seeing what they actually do with Scott. Um, Goddard and Smith are, of course, locked into lineups, as is Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I agree. I think this is, you know, I think both running backs are flex viable but agree that Gainwell should be a little bit more involved than Scott's. Uh, the other thing is Goddard here uh, played almost a hundred percent of the snaps with Ertz now in Arizona, uh, ran a route on 35 of his 41 dropbacks per Adam Levitan on Twitter. So if you're looking just at the box score, don't let that fool you. I think Goddard is a top 10 tight end going forward um, until, you know, we see either Rager or Quez Watkins or anyone else step up because right now he's the clear one uh, B uh, as as far as pass catchers go for Philadelphia. As for Detroit, uh, T.J. Hawkinson had at least or at least had six catches, but he's not giving you what you drafted. Um, you're still not going to set him. Swift has been great, and uh, we were firmly reminded not to play wide receiver roulette with the Lions uh, with a nice zero target w- week from Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, uh, you know, speaking of Jalen Ramsey, he pretty much uh, shut down Amon Ross St. Brown. So we saw a lot of Khalif Raymond uh, against the Rams here. But, uh, you know, I I think both are viable in that wide receiver four, wide receiver five territory if you're just looking for PPR volume in deeper leagues. But uh, certainly not not guys that you're uh, you're trusting week in and week out here. Uh, And yeah, really, the number one receiver here uh, is Swift for them behind Hawkinson, uh, not the wide receivers. So keep starting Hawkinson Swift. It's very rare in the NFL for a team to not win a game all season. And I think we may have a storm brewing here. Um, the, the coach wants to win. The team badly wants to win. And I think this week we might just find out how good Miles Sanders actually is for that Philadelphia offense. Give me Detroit in a close one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Man, uh, this is this feels gross. I, I tried to have faith in Detroit a couple weeks ago, if you'll recall, and uh, I sure that do. certainly blew up in my face. But I, yeah, I'm I'm on the same page as you, Los. I, I do think that Detroit will sneak one at home against uh, an Eagles team that really looks pretty brutal. Like their their final scores have been somewhat close, but it's all garbage time. I, I mean, yep. they've been dominated week in and week out, and. I do think at home maybe the Lions squeak one out. I think there's three teams that can uh, that that Detroit could possibly beat just because of the the I don't want to say culture, but the I guess the backbone or the way the other teams play, and it's Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and um, oh goodness, what was the other one? Well, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. I guess living in Pennsylvania, you sort of play to your opponent's uh, skill level, huh? <laughs> maybe or maybe Washington oh Raiders that's who I was thinking the Raiders I don't know I, I think the Raiders are no now with Gruden gone I think we have a new uh I think we definitely have a new uh uh new outlook on that team with the change in change in coaching I, I was gonna say I I updated my playoff predictions earlier today mm-hmm. and I have the Raiders making it as a wild card I, I do think that they're wow. actually I, like they're not there's no one or two pieces that I can point and say like, man, they're so good, but together they seem to be pretty scrappy. I sure can. Those pieces are Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs, but unfortunately Jacobs going on the meat wagon right now. I think you met Foster Moreau. 
<laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Uh, all right. Uh, back back on schedule. Um, San Francisco at Chicago, uh, as per every week with this San Fran team, it very much depends on the health. But as it stands right now, Debo's a stud, Mitchell's a solid play against Chicago, and that's really it until some other guys come off of uh, the injured reserve, like Kittle and whatnot. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, you know, it sounds like Jimmy Garoppolo is already announced to be the starting quarterback for this week. Um, I, I don't, I don't really get it, but uh, certainly... he played well. I mean, I, I don't think you can blame that loss on him. I think he had to give every opportunity to win that game. Very slick ball. I mean, we've got a different story if if that ball doesn't uh, sail like that. I understand, and I don't think that pick was on him, but I just think there were missed opportunities earlier in that game, and in general, Garoppolo is not the answer, but um, that's neither here nor there because we're not starting him in one quarterback right. format. Anyway, as you said, um, Mitchell is the clear lead back. We talked about picking him up for pretty much free off waivers last week with the Niners coming off by. Uh, he's still widely available even after people paid tons of fab for him and then yeah. dropped him after a couple <laughs> down weeks, which is just, uh, let's say, not smart. But I understand it with bye weeks. Um, certainly Mitchell is a must-add. And then, you know, if you're desperate, uh, Jamichael Hasty got some passing down work. So, you know, again, not someone you're trusting in lineups, but if you just need like three or four catches for 30 yards to get you through in one of your flex spots, then have at it. All right, Chicago. Uh, Khalil, Khalil Herbert's looking like a pretty solid play right now. While Montgomery's gone, he might messy the situation for when he comes back. Uh, I, I have nothing else to say about this team right now. Yeah, I mean, on paper... <laughs> On paper, the the Niners secondary is pretty banged up, but I just don't know how you can trust Mooney or Robinson right now, no. uh, given what we've seen from this team. Uh, Matt Nagy might miss this game uh, on the COVID list. Maybe that's a blessing in disguise for the offense, even with Laser yeah. calling the plays. Uh, you know, in all seriousness, I hope Nagy's fine, uh, recovers with no issues. But at the end of the day, the, this team's really just a mess and. You know, they were missing. They were down to their third string left and right tackles uh, against Tampa Bay. Not something you want. I think Bosa is going to have a field day against Fields uh, again this week. And really, it comes down to poor coaching and a poor offensive line. And I'm, I'm going to take the Niners on the road. Give me the Niners. Sunday midday games, New England at the L.A. Chargers. Plenty of garbage time for the Patriots this past week, so don't overanalyze the numbers and all the play that run and play and numbers that other guys put up. Um, the injury to John o. Smith is going to affect uh, the time, uh, the the tight end splits here. So Mark or uh, Mark Henry, Mark <laughs> Mark Henry. Oh man, he'd be a monster tight end. Yes, he certainly would. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Hunter Henry scored another uh, touchdown. Should have the bulk of the tight end work here. Um, start Harris, start Myers in the flex, and consider Henry if you need him. Yeah, um, I, I do think Henry has a, a slightly higher floor if Janu were to miss this game with the shoulder injury. And I think it's worth talking about Brandon Bolden because there was a lot of garbage time for the Patriots up multiple scores against the Jets in the second half. But Bolden was involved early on as a receiver, taking that James White role. He seems to be 
uh, the running back that Belichick trusts in pass protection and, you know, out of the backfield. So I do think he's a flex viable in PPR formats. Um, JJ Taylor is the one whose touchdowns were purely, purely in garbage time. So I I do think Bolden can be thrown out there as a flex play. I mean, this is a game where Stevenson was, uh, was inactive at game time. So I bet Stevenson's active this game and that would throw that whole analysis off completely unfortunately I, mean, I don't know what would have changed this week though for them to suddenly activate him what changed this past week to inactivate him and give all that work to bolden like you just don't know fair enough uh, bolden's certainly not a safe play but i think he's got upside in ppr all right especially yeah. especially because i do think that the patriots will be trailing in this one Sure. Uh, as for the Chargers, uh, week to sit and heal is good for an any any team. Before seeing the Patriots, you can start all of Herbert, Eckler, Il, uh, Williams, and Allen just fine. Yeah, worth noting that Mike Williams was pretty limited against Baltimore in that loss a couple weeks ago, uh, playing through a quad injury, but he is expected to be uh, f- full health or at least pretty close to it. So uh, don't worry about starting him. I'm certainly going to plug him in at, as a wide receiver too. Um and yeah, I mean, the Patriots secondary looks really, really good against Mike White and Zach Wilson, but uh, <laughs> I don't think they're going to look nearly as good if they can't get pressure on Herbert behind that offensive line and with their secondary missing J.C. Jackson on IR. So uh, I think the Chargers will take this game fairly handily. Yeah, don't be surprised if you see a double-digit split between them, giving the Chargers. Jacksonville at Seattle. Jacksonville got the week to prepare here. Uh, James Robinson's a solid running back too, getting the bulk of the work. Uh, Dan Arnold has uh, potential here at tight end. I, I, I like how he's looked with this team so far. Short work so far, but pretty good. And Marvin Jones and Chenault are flexes with some upside. Yeah, I mean, worth mar- worth mentioning Jamal Agnew too. Um, a lot of previously unknown players have emerged this season. And again, it's hard to trust any of the options Uh, on Jacksonville because Trevor Lawrence has been spreading that ball around. Uh, But, you know, Urban Meyer came out and praised Jamal Agnew. Uh, He has been their slot guy uh, after they shuffled the wide receivers around following DJ Chark's injury. So I I do think that Agnew has some upside in PPR. As for the Seattle side, talking about a team that's tough to call right now behind Geno Smith. He certainly has the deep bomb to uh, DK Metcalf, but past that just has one completion to Metcalf, one completion to Collins. Not sure what this team is going to look like against Jacksonville, though the defense is not great for Jacksonville. Uh, I, my gut says that Metcalf's going to stay just fine. Lockett is probably a, a good enough flex play, and then we've got to see uh, by the end of tonight what the split of the workload is between Collins and Rashad Penny. Collins is leading the way. And uh, barring injury, he's the guy I'd go with. Yeah, I mean, I think Metcalf's much more trustworthy than Lockett with Wilson out yeah. because so much of Lockett's, you know, production was relying on that chemistry he had with Wilson. Uh, he right. was, you know, he's not the speediest or strongest guy to begin with. So really, you know, you're hoping for more after the catch from Metcalf. Uh, all he needs is that one play to score, as we've seen tonight so far. Um, but yeah, I, I think Lockett is in that very, very back-end flex territory, um, very low fo- floor, excuse me. And I don't know that the ceiling's quite that high, even in a good matchup against this Jacksonville secondary. Uh, give, me, give me Seattle. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Seattle as well here. 
The Buccaneers at the Saints. Leonard Fournette is a solid mid-running back to play against. What is a solid New Orleans defense? Uh, otherwise, all the pass catchers are starts here. Um, they're going to find a way to find Evans, Godwin, Brown, Gronkowski. Certainly can't sit them if they're healthy. Uh, all that said, this could certainly be a Mike Evans trap game. That, that's that's the one, the one worry I might have. Yeah, I mean, I do think that potentially Lattimore follows Evans around, but uh, Brady's found him so much in the red zone that I don't know that you can bench Evans unless you have some really, really good options here. Um, So I I do agree. I think Evans has a low floor, particularly this week. But uh, again, it's just it's tough to bench any of these Tampa Bay options. Yeah. As for the Saints, <clears throat> plenty of rides on each Saints game, so keep an eye closely tonight. Uh, every game presents a risk of the final Jameis Winston sighting for this team if he uh, gets a little too uh, unconventional and gives the ball away too much. That said, um, they the way that uh, Jameis and the Tampa secondary have played, there is some very high risk, high reward for the wide receivers on this team. Um, of course, you've got the revenge game narrative for Jameis, of course. Um, and, uh, you know, the Tampa secondary has holes. I think that Jameis Winston is going to throw, you know, at least two or three touchdowns, although a couple of those might go to the Tampa Bay secondary. Uh, We'll see. Uh, Certainly uh, avoiding Jameis Winston uh, this week, uh, even if you're desperate, I think there's better streaming options. And then, yeah, really it's Kamara, whose floor and ceiling are are capped a little bit. uh, So he's more of an RB2 this week. Give me the Buccaneers. Yes, sir. Washington at Denver. Terry McLaurin and, and Gibson will be okay for you. I think we can keep on using Ricky Seals-Jones right now. Washington has been heavily uh, using the tight end with no real number two wide receiver at this time. Uh, I don't see this as very much of a J.D. McKissick week for Denver. Yeah, not much to add here. Uh, sounds like Logan Thomas uh, can be activated this week, but we'll see if he actually does start to practice. Uh, for now, it's still Ricky Seals-Jones. For Denver, uh, the Washington defense has not been great this year, so Sutton definitely has opportunity to score. Tim Patrick's value totally depends on the possible return of Jerry Judy. If Judy is not in the game, then I think Patrick's a fine flex. Uh, Fant has been hot and cold, but he's a back-end tight end one, and same with him. If Judy's back, that is going to hurt Noah Fant. Uh, Javante Williams and Gordon are both okay flex plays. I would lean uh, the Williams way if you're picking between the two. Yeah, not much to say about this game. Both of these offenses are struggling. Uh, Denver just traded for some linebacking help. But, you know, in in general, I think this comes down to the Broncos being at home and certainly getting a lift if Judy is indeed back, which it sounds like there's a fair chance. So give me the Broncos. I'll take the Broncos as well. All right, Sunday night football, Dallas at Minnesota. Plenty of upside for Dak, Zeke, Cooper, and Lamb. Start them all. Hang on to Tony Pollard, and Schultz is good to go too. Nothing crazy for Dallas, huh? No, not really. Uh, worth mentioning, Michael Gallup could be back um, following the bye week. Uh, you know, worth a pickup in deeper leagues if you need that help, although certainly Prescott's been spreading that ball around, so going to be a boom or bust option. Yeah, if he's back, I think that hurts just about all the pass catchers, Schultz included. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Uh, for Minnesota, hoping uh, that the week off was enough to uh, get Delvin Cook back to 100%. If so, he could have a really big day here. Uh, as can Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, um, Conklin and Osborne are, of course, options, but not really interested in, the, in them as much with the, on a week where 30 teams are playing. 
Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a fairly high-scoring back-and-forth game. A lot of fantasy guys uh, going in this game. So, you know, uh, don't uh, don't celebrate too much if you're up uh, at, at Sunday, you know, dinner time because this game could swing a lot of things in fantasy. That's for sure. And to cap off what I think is a week where we have chosen the same oh, wait, who team. Are you taking? Oh, um did I not uh, did I not say that I was going to take um uh Dallas? Oh, yeah. sorry. We <laughs> didn't neither of us uh, talked about it. Yeah, I'm going to take Dallas. I I just think that Minnesota doesn't have the ability to keep up with Dallas's firepower. Though though they will uh they will score some points. Right. And this is one of those crazy games where, again, I would avoid in survivor pools because we've seen Minnesota be very Jekyll and Hyde and definitely stronger at home. But uh, I agree. I I do lean Dallas even so. And to cap off a week where, yep, it looks like we uh, I just checked. I think we have picked all the same uh, teams this week. So I guess our our record sits still Uh, Monday night football, the Giants at Kansas City. You have every opportunity to pick the Giants if you want. KC's looking like crap. Uh, The Giants got the win this week, despite all the injuries. Uh, Same song and dance for for New York. We've got to see who's healthy. Uh, someone's going to have value here, especially versus KC, and, and it's going to be worth starting. Um, in the absence of everyone else, Slayton had five catches for 63 yards, and Pettis uh, had some value. If everybody's healthy, the peck, and this goes for the rest of the season, the pecking order is Galladay, Tony, Shepard, Slayton. So start whoever's healthiest of them, and if all of them are, are down, then Pettis is going to see targets. Uh, Devante Booker is going to be a fine play, though uh, not a ton of upside here, in my opinion, versus KC. I'm actually on the opposite side here. Um, I think these injuries are are important to monitor because I do think that this game could be quite high scoring. Uh, Despite them shutting down Sam Darnold and company, I don't think they're going to do the same to Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey here. So I do think that Daniel Jones is a viable streamer, as are his pass catchers. Uh, If the injuries are still, you know, keeping Galladay and Shepard out it sounds like Tony could be back but whoever's in there I do think they're going to be throwing a lot in this game so worth monitoring um, if all three of them out I do think Slayton and Pettis are, are worth throwing in as desperation wide receiver fours and I think if Tony's back he's a very high upside wide receiver three yeah I, I should restate I was just saying I didn't see the big upside for Devante Booker specifically oh gotcha uh I, you know I think Booker has some upside too because oh, Kansas yeah, he's, City he's definitely playable but I I yeah, I like the pass catchers better. Yeah, basically. I guess I, I like. Ugh, this sounds gross, but I guess I like a lot of the Giants players this week because of the game script. <laughs> yeah, hey, nobody plays better in prime time than Daniel Jones, right? Yeah, I mean that's true. They almost upset the Bucks last year, I believe, right? on Monday night. So uh, you know, yeah. we'll see. Again, this is you know I'll give away my pick early. I am going to take Kansas City here, but this is another one that I'm I'm kind of staying away from in survivor pools. Take it, take take the Giants, man. You got to catch up to me. <laughs> I, I you know I, it's going to be pretty crazy. Given that we we agree on all these picks, I, I feel like we got to throw at least one parlay out there with you know all these teams' money lines and just see what happens. <laughs> so it's very uh, rare that we agree on all the matchups. Yes, we certainly do. Not a bad plan there, Mon. Um, and then, you know, Kansas City, of course, they they didn't have a good day versus Tennessee. Um, they'd love to bounce back at home in primetime here. Uh, I don't think you can sit Mahomes, Kelsey, or Hill. Mahomes with the concussion has already been cleared. So, yeah. Uh, Williams is a back-end running back, too. He's not uh, lighting, lighting anything on fire right now, but I don't think you can sit him. 
No, so um, two things about this game. One, uh, I saw an interesting question, and I want to get your thoughts, Los. Um, for redraft, rest of season, full PPR, if someone offered you Tyree Kill for Jamar Chase straight up, who are you taking? Whoa, that's quite a question. <clears throat> um, I think uh, Tyree Kill still. Yeah, and that that was my answer as well. Um, yeah. I, I think it's definitely a conversation, uh, yeah. but I, I do think you know my rationale was Hill's been struggling the last couple of weeks with that quad injury. Um, mm-hmm. We have not seen a 100% Tyreek Hill for a few weeks now, and I think he's still just dominant when he is healthy. So I agree with Hill there. Um, and then the other thing I want to talk about the Chiefs was I, I feel like the NFL schedule makers really. Uh, you know, I don't know if they foresaw this defensive implosion coming, but they've been giving them bounce back games. So they, they lost to the Chargers in, in week three, and they, they got Philadelphia next as a get right game, right? Then yep. Week five, <laughs> um, you know, they lose to Buffalo on Sunday night. But hey, you know, here comes Washington to help pick you up, get you on your feet. Uh, exactly. they, they just dropped one against Tennessee and here come the giants to help Patrick Mahomes <laughs> regain his confidence a little bit. So I, I do think this will be a blow up game with that extra day of rest too, for Tyree kill to hopefully get close to a hundred percent. So yeah, I, I think this is a, a very much a get right game again for the chiefs. And, and that's why I'm taking them. Interesting wrinkle on that uh, on that Hill versus Chase thing. Um, Cincinnati and G- Kansas City play each other in the uh, in what should be your league's championship week this year. Yeah, if you have if you have Hill and Chase and you make it to week seventeen, I, I think it's yours. I think that's game <laughs> over. <laughs> you know. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, you know what? All Just right. for funsies, Los. Uh, let, let's let's throw one more in there. Let's okay. say you have your choice right now, right? Whether you have, uh, whether you can trade for Tyreek Hill, okay. Jamar Chase, or Cooper Cup rest of season. No, it's it's. I don't think Cooper Cup can keep this up a whole uh, whole season. He'd he'd be my. I think I think it still goes, Hill. Cup Chase for me. Call me boring. Yeah, I, I agree with Hill Cup Chase. Although it's it's all obviously very close. Oh yes, uh, great great question though. Love yeah, it. I think they're question. all. I, I think Chase is a clear top ten, maybe top five rest of season, but I think Cup and Hill are locked in top five. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, there's no way you can certainly justify sitting or you know jumping off the ship on any any of the three. Hey, I mean, there's probably a, a few teams out there that have all three, and they're sitting at you know, <sighs> seven and zero. Yeah, you certainly could. Wow, yeah, Just, uh, yeah. Wow, that would be nice. <sighs> Two teams on a bye only this week: Baltimore and the Raiders. So we all know Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, and then their their litany of running backs: uh, Devontae Freeman, Tyson Williams, Le'Veon Bell, Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman, and Mark Andrews. Get them out of your lineup, and then for the Raiders. Carr, Josh Jacobs, who uh, may be injured. We've got to get news on him. Kenyon Drake, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, Darren Waller, and Foster Moreau, if uh, if Waller's missing any time. Yep. And then uh, the COVID list, uh, really the only fantasy-relevant one, uh, but a big one is Devontae yeah. Adams uh, playing on Thursday night on the short week. So the odds are slim that he's going to test negative uh, two times in a row before then, really just the two days before he can 
Um, so not looking good. Make other plans if you have been relying on Adams as your wide receiver one. And that'll take us into injuries. Um, couple uh, quarterback injuries here. Zach Wilson with the PCL sprain is going to be out somewhere in the realm of three to four weeks. Uh, he's likely out until week 10 versus Buffalo or 11 versus Miami. He wasn't being relied on in one quarterback leagues anyways. But even his backup, Mike White, uh, does not offer much upside in quote two quarterback formats, uh, nor does uh, Joe Flacco. We'll just have to see which way the team goes. Baker Mayfield, non-throwing shoulder dislocation, questionable. This is going to be an ongoing issue for Mayfield to manage, so we'll see if he can get a limited practice or two in this week. Dak Prescott, probable with the cap strain. As of right now, he's expected to begin practicing in the next day or two and is on schedule to start this week at Minnesota. But double-check his status, of course, later in the week. Trey Lance was questionable with the knee sprain. Uh, the rain and weather were, of course, valid excuses for Jimmy Caroppolo's poor play, but everyone knows he's not the future in San Francisco. Uh, Lance is expected to be ready for Chicago this week, but Shan has, has announced Garoppolo starting this week for Chicago. Terod Taylor on the IR with a hamstring strain. He's eligible to come back, but he's probably not worth adding outside of a super flex or two quarterback format. Uh, his impending return could be good news for Brandon Cooks, though. And Russell Wilson on the IR with that finger fracture, extensive ligament tear. He's eligible to return week 10 in one quarterback redraft formats. He's not a must hold depending on the bench space and available waiver wire options at the quarterback position. And at the running back position, we've got Josh Jacobs with a chest injury. The Raiders are on bye this week, so he gets that extra week to heal up. And the early reports are that this was not a severe injury. So as of right now, Jacobs is expected to return in week nine. Miles Sanders with an ankle sprain. He's questionable. Even though he was carted off the field, uh, the x-rays were negative, so not quite as bad as it initially looked. Uh, Sanders could potentially even be back this week, but it's likely that he's going to miss at least one week, potentially two, uh, but not expected to land on IR, so definitely check his practice participation later this week. Malcolm Brown with a quad injury. Uh, he was placed on IR and will be eligible to return in week 11. That said, Brown wasn't really startable in fantasy to begin with and can obviously be dropped in all but the deepest leagues. But it is important to note because with Brown missing time, Gaskin probably has a slightly higher floor and ceiling and Salvin Ahmed has a slightly more reliable workload as well. Nick Chubb with the calf injury. He is probable as of right now after practicing earlier today on Monday. The early reports are that he is expected to return this week against Pittsburgh, but monitor his status just to make sure he does not suffer any setbacks like we saw from McCaffrey a couple weeks ago. Antonio Gibson with a stress fracture in his shin. He is questionable, but probable to play. Uh, that said, uh, he's continuing to play through this, showing some burst against Green Bay, but his touches have been limited to manage his workload, and McKissick is getting a lot of that receiving usage, so it's limiting Gibson's floor and ceiling. Right now, he's just a touchdown-dependent flex. Hopefully, with Washington's bye coming up after this week, Gibson will have a chance to get to 100% for the second half of the year. He could be a potential trade target for fantasy teams who have strong records and are already looking ahead to the playoffs. Latavius Murray with an ankle sprain. He is questionable. We'll see if Murray can get some practices in later this week, but Baltimore has turned into a full-blown committee backfield, so Murray would be a risky flex even if active. 
Saquon Barkley with an ankle sprain. He's questionable. Of course, Barkley is near superhuman and could potentially return this week, but we'll see what the Giants choose to do with their franchise running back, monitor his practice status later this week. David Montgomery with a knee injury. He's on IR and ineligible to return. Um, however, uh, so far, Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert have been splitting the workload. Uh, Montgomery should be considered a potential sell candidate here with Khalil Herbert having played well. And don't forget that Tariq Cohen could potentially return from the pup list as well. Montgomery may not be returning to that workhorse role that he started the season with uh, prior to his injury. Christian McCaffrey with a hamstring strain. He's on IR, eligible to return in week nine, hopefully 100% once he does. And until then, Chuba Hubbard continues to be the lead back for Carolina, although their offense in general has been struggling. Clyde Edwards-Alaire with the MCL sprain. Um, He is on IR, eligible to return week nine as well. And until then, Daryl Williams figures to see the lead role for Kansas City. Kareem Hunt with the calf injury is on IR and eligible to return in week 10. And finally, Chris Carson with his neck condition is also on IR and eligible to return in week 10, but there is some risk of him being done for the season. Uh, In shallower redraft formats uh, with teams on bye and with running back issues, Carson isn't necessarily a must hold at this point. And, of course, multiple wide receivers. Uh, Antonio Brown is questionable right now with the ankle injury. It does not sound too serious, but Tampa has the wide receiver depth to sit him another week if needed. Keep an eye on his practice participation this week. Mike Williams, probable with the knee contusion. He was in and out in the loss to Baltimore a couple weeks ago, but with the Chargers having been on a bye this past week, there's a good chance he'll be back to 100% right now. Kadarius Tony with the ankle injury questionable. The initial reports were that Tony was not expected to miss more than a game or two. So there's a fair chance of him returning this week. Check his practice status over the next few days. Sterling Shepard hamstring strain questionable. Shepard tested his hamstring in pregame warmups, but was ultimately ruled out. It sounds like there's a chance he could return this week, but that remains to be seen. Monitor his practice participation later this week. Kenny Galladay knee hyperextension questionable. He was rolled out early last week, so he could need another week. Keep an eye on his status in the coming days. Devontae Parker, hamstring strain, questionable. Uh, Parker continues to work back from this hamstring injury. Keep an eye on his participation this week, as it sounds like he was close to playing last week. T.Y. Hilton with a quad injury is questionable. He continues to get hit by nagging injuries at the age of 31. He looked good versus Houston when healthy, though, uh, and as of now, it sounds like he could be back this week, so keep an eye on his status. Curtis Samuel with a groin injury is questionable. Samuel aggravated his preseason groin injury and is likely to miss a couple more weeks before he can get to 100%. Michael Gallup, calf injury on the IR. He's eligible to return, so we'll see whether he can get some practices in this week. Keep an eye on his participation going forward, though Prescott has been spreading spreading the ball around, so none of Dallas's wide receivers have very safe floors right now. Jerry Judy's on IR with the high ankle sprain. He's eligible to return, so it depends on how his ankle feels. Keep an eye on his status. Will Fuller on IR with the broken finger. He's eligible to return. Let's see if he can get some practice in before going anywhere with him. And Michael Thomas had the ankle surgery and is on the pup. He's eligible to be activated off uh, this week following his surgery, but it remains to be seen how far along he is in his recovery and whether New Orleans is going to rush him back. Still, he's, he's a worthwhile stash for teams with strong records who are already, uh, who are already looking ahead into the playoffs. 
And at tight end, we have Darren Waller, who is surprisingly inactive with the ankle injury, um, suffered in practice, it sounds like. However, the Raiders are on bye this week, so he gets that extra time to heal up, and it does not sound too serious based on what we know so far. So he's got a good shot to return in week nine. Dawson Knox with a hand fracture. He is out for this week. Uh, fractured his hand against Tennessee in week six. As of right now, he's expected to return in week nine against Jacksonville or week 10 against the Jets. Janu Smith with a shoulder injury. He's questionable. No details yet on Janu. And knowing Belichick, we probably won't get any updates until closer to Sunday. So monitor his practice status. Again, he was barely on the tight end two radar as it was, but his absence could potentially make Hunter Henry a reliable tight end one for the time being. Rob Gronkowski with the rib fractures, he is probable. It sounds like Bruce Arians is pretty optimistic that Gronk will be among the Bucks players ready to return for this week, but still monitor his practice participation just in case. Logan Thomas with a hamstring strain, he is on IR and eligible to return, but we'll see if Washington actually gets enough uh, practices in from him to activate him. Until then, Ricky Seal-Jones remains in the tight end two conversation and finally george kittle with the calf strain on ir is eligible to return in week nine and uh the waiver wire ads a couple of our quarterbacks have some pretty good matchups here so daniel jones uh the chief's defense is among the worst in the league right now and while casey struggled to score versus tennessee they should be able to make this a high scoring game versus the giants jones could also have some some of his starting wide receivers back healthy for this one with the game being on monday so he's got a high floor and ceiling this week. Carson Wentz uh, versus Tennessee. He really struggled versus Tennessee when these two teams met in week three, but he could have T.Y. Hilton back this week, and Wentz has been using his legs more, as evidenced from his rushing touchdown this week uh, versus San Francisco. He also scored at least 17 fantasy points in every game except one this year, so Wentz has a fairly high floor, even if his ceiling may not be the highest. Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater will hopefully be healthier with 10 days of rest for his foot following their Thursday night loss to Cleveland. Washington has allowed multiple passing touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks in each of the last five games, and there's a chance Bridgewater could get Jerry Judy back from IR as well this week. And Trevor Lawrence. We'll see how Seattle's defense plays tonight versus the Saints, but they've been struggling to start the year. On top of that, Lawrence has been using his legs more, having ran for two touchdowns over the last three games. His rushing potential offers a decent fantasy floor and ceiling. Real quick, before we get to the running backs, uh, this Monday night game has hit halftime, so an update on your matchup oh, no. against super producer Dan. Uh, Alvin Kamara had a touchdown that was a receiving touchdown from Jameis Winston, so you are currently up about 10 to 11 points on Dan at halftime, so we'll see how the second half plays out. Oh, I know how it's going to play out. You're just trying to make me cry. <laughs> we'll see. Winston and Metcalf need uh, 10, 11 points combined from them. Uh, doable, but uh, iffy. So uh, down to the wire here. Um, all right, moving on to the waiver <laughs> wire options at running back. Of course, we have Elijah Mitchell. We recommended him as a preemptive ad last week with a chance to solidify his role as the lead back in San Francisco coming out of the bye. And he did exactly that against the Colts on Sunday night. If he was dropped over the last few weeks, he's now a priority ad yet again uh, because time is a flat circle and it's like we're back to uh, week one. Michael Carter here. Uh, with As with Mitchell, we recommended adding Carter last week as a preemptive pickup for pretty much free uh, with a chance to see a larger role coming out of the Jets' bye. 
Now, this offense may not offer a ton of fantasy relevance on the whole with Zach Wilson out for a few weeks, but still, Carter should continue seeing PPR volume with the Jets protected, pro, excuse me, projected to trail by multiple scores against Cincinnati. To Ernest Johnson, who we talked about earlier, he looked excellent against Denver on Thursday night. And even with Chubb expected back as of right now, Johnson is still a decent flex play with upside as the 1B in Hunt's usual role. And, of course, there's always the possibility that Chubb could suffer a setback or aggravate the calf injury in-game, so Johnson needs to be rostered, even with the optimistic news for Chubb. Brandon Bolden, uh, Ramondre Stevenson was a healthy scratch yet again this past week with Bolden stepping into that James White role. Uh, J.J. Taylor wasn't involved until late in the blowout against the Jets with mop-up duty, but Bolden saw his work early and should see again the second-most touches against the vulnerable Chargers run defense. Khalil Herbert, the rookie seems to have overtaken Damian Williams as the number two running back in Chicago and the number one while Montgomery is out. So, uh, excuse me, Herbert just managed to rush for 100 yards against the best run defense in the league, even with the Bears missing both of their starting left tackle and right tackle due to injury. With the Niners' front seven dealing with some injuries of their own and the Bears passing off and struggling, Herbert could again see a heavy workload this week and be productive. Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott. The Lions have allowed 12 total touchdowns to running backs through the first seven games. If Sanders misses this week, both Gainwell and Scott would be in flex consideration. They will split the workload for the Eagles against a struggling Lions defense, and Gainwell would be the priority over Scott. Spajay P. Ryan. P. Ryan continues to operate as the clear number two for Cincinnati. Uh, they should dominate the Jets this week, so even though Mixon has a great matchup, P. Ryan is a flex-worthy option who could see quite a lot of work if this game gets out of hand early in the second half. J.D. McKissick, uh, with Antonio Gibson limited by the stress fracture in his shin, McKissick is seeing expanded work, especially as a receiver, which keeps him viable and in play as a flex option in PPR formats. And finally, if you're desperate, Salvin Ahmed with Malcolm Brown on IR. If Miami is trailing Buffalo by multiple scores against this week, like the last time these two teams met, Ahmed could see some PPR volume in the second half, even with Gaskin in that lead role. As for the wide receivers, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders is finally rostered in the majority of leagues, but Beasley remains widely available as an ancillary option alongside Sanders and Diggs. Beasley could see a larger target share for the next few weeks, as well as with Dawson Knox out. Hunter Renfro, as we said last week, don't worry too much about Renfro's bad game versus a tough Denver slot matchup. He bounced back with eight targets versus Philly and remains one of the safest wide receiver threes with a high weekly floor in PPR scoring. The Raiders are on a bye this week, but Renfro remains a solid rest of season ad. LaVisca Chenault and Jamal Agnew. Jacksonville finally got their first win prior to the bye, and both Chenault and Agnew were widely available on a team that should continue to needing to throw a lot given the state of the defense. Both are in the PPR flex conversation, though they have low floors and will likely alternate having big weeks. Jarvis Landry, it's hard to trust the Cleveland passing offense with Mayfield banged up, but with Beckham playing through a shoulder injury right now, Landry should continue leading the team in targets like he did versus Denver last Thursday night with eight targets. He's a serviceable wide receiver four due to low volume for now. Rashad Bateman, the rookie continues being a big part of Baltimore's offense with 65 and 63% of snaps played in his two games. 
and uh, and he was third in targets behind only Brown and Andrews uh, versus Cincinnati. He's a boomer bust wide receiver four, but has upside. T.Y. Hilton. Hilton has a big role in his first game back versus Houston, and if he can suit up versus Tennessee this week, Hilton should see enough targets to put him on the wide receiver three or flex radar. Darnell Mooney. Chicago's passing offense is virtually non-existent, but we saw the Indianapolis wide receivers get some big plays on San Fran's injured secondary. If you're truly desperate, Mooney has the speed to break a long touchdown if you need upside as an underdog this week. Dante Pettis and Darius Slayton. If Tony, Shepard, and Galladay are all out again, Pettis and Slayton have some upside versus a poor Kansas City defense in what could turn into a shootout on Monday night. However, they're risky options with the late game and not knowing if some of the giant starters will be back for this game. Amon Ross St. Brown and Khalif Raymond. Jalen Ramsey completely shut down Amon Ross St. Brown this past week, but both he and Raymond are in the wide receiver four mix with Detroit's awful defense forcing them into pass-heavy game scripts. If you're desperate, they're usable, but have dangerously low floors each week. Jerry Judy, Michael Thomas, Michael Gallup, and Will Fuller. These are all wide receivers due to come back from IR or the pup soon. So depending on your team's record and whether you need wide receiver help, they are options that are potentially available to you in your leagues for the stretch run. So take a look. And at tight end, we have Pat Fryermuth. In Juju's first game out, Fryermuth saw seven targets and caught them all for 58 yards. He could become an integral piece for Roethlisberger over the middle of the field as a frequent checkdown target given Big Ben's declining arm strength. He probably has the most rest-of-season upside among this week's recommended ads. Evan Ingram. Depending on the status of Tony, Shepard, and Galladay, Ingram could again see decent target volume against a reeling Kansas City defense that's top five in fantasy points allowed to opposing tight ends. Ricky Seals-Jones. If Logan Thomas isn't back this week, Seals-Jones has played on every single snap for Washington over the last couple of games and has a fair PPR floor even in a tough matchup versus Denver. Tyler Conklin. Conklin's target share is unreliable, but with the Vikings defense likely to struggle with containing Dallas's strong offense, Conklin could see volume if this game turns into a shootout. And finally, C.J. Uzoma. We recommended Uzoma last week against a Ravens defense that had allowed four touchdowns to tight ends through six weeks, and Uzoma came through in a massive way with two touchdowns. His target share is still dangerously low, though, which makes him a very touchdown-dependent boomer bust tight end, too. But Uzoma has another good matchup this week against the Jets defense that's allowed three touchdowns to tight ends over their last two games, so you could do worse if you're desperate in deeper leagues. And a few good streaming defenses. Speaking of the Bengals, Cincinnati plays those Jets. Uh, they seem to be for real on top of the AFC. And now they'll uh, get that Jets team that looks stuck in neutral and without their starting quarterback due to injury. This should be a smash spot for Cincinnati here. Dallas, the Cowboys have forced two or more turnovers in every single game thus far. Far, uh, they're they're playing far better than expected to start the season and should be able to pressure Cousins behind that Minnesota O line. Tennessee, the Titans have really turned their defense around since the first few games of the year, and they were able to limit the Colts to 16 points in their last meeting on week three. And Chicago, the Bears offense has looked horrendous, but their defense has played fairly well when not facing future Hall of Famers in Rodgers and Brady the past couple games. Expect, expect them to get some pressure on whoever is starting at quarterback for San Francisco, especially if Akeem Hicks can return from his groin injury. 
Yeah, we're uh, we're nearing that midway point of the season, and uh, hopefully your rosters are looking good, and maybe you can make it through the next few weeks if you've got big names like McCaffrey or Barkley sitting on the IR to get you for that stretch run. But as always, if you guys have more specific questions regarding your team or league, we're happy to reply on Twitter. You can find me at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And you can find me at FFA underscore Los. That's L-O-S. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you're listening, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our upcoming podcast episodes. It's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. Looking to jumpstart your career? Start with the city of Norfolk, Virginia. Whatever your background, Norfolk offers opportunities to make a difference on the job. In a vibrant, waterfront city, you'll love to call home. You'll also earn competitive pay, outstanding benefits, and a $5,000 sign-on bonus. A new career you'll love in a city you'll love. So, when can you start? Get started at norfolk.gov slash coastalvajobs and find a career you'll love today. Restrictions apply. When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply.